turn to the book of Matthew, chapter 16. Matthew, chapter 16. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Let's pray before we, before we begin this tonight. Father, in the name of Jesus, thank you for each and every person here. I thank you for your presence in this house and in this place. Lord, I believe you're doing a good, good thing. Good, good thing in the lives of each and every person. Lord, I believe you're taking us up, taking us on, moving us into higher heights, into greater things, the greater things that you said would happen. Lord, thank you for your anointing now. I pray that each person would get tonight what they need from you, exactly what they need. Thank you, Lord. Trust you for utterance in the Holy Ghost now in a spirit of wisdom and revelation in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, before I get into the, into the Word here tonight, let me just, let me just say this. There's, there's, some, there's some people, maybe it's just one, maybe it's uh, multiple people, probably more than one. There's some transition going on in your life, and, uh, and the, Lord is, the Lord's at work in you. The Lord's at work in you in this transition, and you're not alone. You're not just you're not just coming up with things on your own. Uh, he's leading you and directing you, and he'll not leave you comfortless. He'll not leave you alone to just fend for yourself. He'll not leave you alone just to make it all work out. He's your strength and he's your guide and he's your help. I want you to know you can trust him and you can rely upon him. Amen. 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 If, the, if that if that's something you're dealing with, I want you to uh, I want you to grab hold of that and let the Lord take you where He wants to take you. Amen. All right, Matthew chapter 16. Thank you, Lord. Matthew chapter 16 and verse 13. Well, let me say before we read, we started a series a few weeks back called the Church. That's what that's our subject for tonight. We're talking about the church. All right, 16, verse 13. When Jesus came into the region of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, saying, Who do men say that I, the Son of Man, am? So they said, Some say John the Baptist, some Elijah, and others Jeremiah or one of the prophets. He said to them, But who do you say that I am? Simon Peter answered and said, You are the Christ, the Son of the living God. Jesus answered and said to him, Blessed are you, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. And I say to you that you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of Hades shall not prevail against it and so what is jesus busy building he's building his church he was doing it then he still is building his church today and and let me just say this while i'm on this because i still have an inspiration it seems to to go along this line for a moment uh in the jesus is very smart (laughs) In fact, he knows everything. And in knowing that, how many know we don't know everything? 
there's two things we should very much acknowledge that he knows it all and we don't he sees everything and we don't we see some of it we see a part we have a small view all of us compared to him seeing everything and because he is very smart and has an objective in building his church there are at times repositionings that are necessary sometimes he will move people into different slots into different places so that everything will continue to work and function and how many know this some hopefully we are growing in a, in spiritual hopefully we're not growing in all areas <laughs> areas but we are growing in spiritual in our understanding in our walk and relationship with him okay when a person continues to move up in that sense and they continue to grow and understand more. They develop. Their character is more solid, more secure. They're a more solid person. Then they can handle new and even greater responsibilities. And that's a good thing. All right? And just like in natural businesses and organizations, um, there are there is promotion when certain people have more experience, they kind of move up the ladder in many situations and they take more responsibility. God also will, because you've been faithful, because you've been diligent in the Word. And I must throw this in, sometimes people are not as faithful and as diligent. They're still loved, still in the kingdom, but because of those shifts internally, the Lord, in His all-knowingness, will move one person up, will move one person to a different place of function in the body, and another person He'll move out or down, if you will, or to another place. A lot of words to describe, but sometimes... Uh, I want to major, you know, I want to major on those who are growing. <laughs> but there are occasions when someone's not moving higher internally at the speed at which they ought to. Doesn't mean it's over for them, but sometimes repositioning takes place because of that. I remember uh, we were teaching something, and I don't remember which series right now because it seemed to come to me by. Uh, I, I just I saw this as I was teaching that the call of God and the plan of God for every person's life kind of presupposes that a person will grow. In other words, God will choose a person. He'll he'll call a person even while they're quite immature. Did me. Hmm. and used me while I was immature. Okay? But if I hadn't grown during that time in my understanding, in my character, in my, in my depth, 
being rooted and grounded and so forth. I'm not more saved, but you know what I'm talking about. If I hadn't grown, then I would not be able to be in the position I am now. Because I wouldn't be able to handle the things and the responsibilities that God has given me. And likewise, He's still moving me and I'm moving internally. Therefore, I can transition and shift into more that He continues, continues to add to me. All right. And so this is where the plan of God can be somewhat disrupted. Not that God doesn't know things are going to happen. He's all-knowing. But things can be somewhat disrupted if a person continues to kind of do their own thing. Slough off. How, how, how can we put it? Have you, have you anyone been to college and you, and you goofed off? <laughs> You paid good money. <laughs> you don't really need to raise hands. Uh, <laughs> paid good money to go. <laughs> Didn't get much out of it except I was going to say some memories, but you probably don't even have those. <laughs> but if a person does not continue in the things that God puts before them, and sometimes... You know, sometimes it's challenging. Even what God puts before a person can be challenging. Now, He's not slapping you with a disease to challenge you. We understand that. But at the same time, He will put things before you to do and to obey and be faithful in. And when we are faithful in those regards, we continue to do what the Lord has placed before us. We are changing on the inside. Don't be, don't be confused about that because sometimes we think, well, I'm just the same person. Man, things are changing. They just often change little by little. And I can see change in people over the last few years uh, tremendously in this church. Why? Be, their faithfulness has produced it. They've been there. They've been in the Word. They've, they've been given an assignment. They serve and are faithful. And God is watching every single bit of it. Don't think it's for naught and it's for vain because I haven't been, you know, recognized or I'm not doing something in your eyes that is just really great. Listen, God's setting you up. He, he called you, showed you His love, placed His Spirit because He knew you could do it. And He thought, I'm going to give them this. I'm going to challenge them in this area. I'm going to give them this assignment. I'm going to move on them to act this way, to give this, to serve this in this capacity because I know they're going to respond to it on the inside. Something's going to develop. Something's going to get strong in there because I've got something else for them that is of greater magnitude. And at the right time, at the right place, there'll be a shift. There'll be a realignment. And they'll come into a new place. And then I'll take them and I'll use them there. And that's not even permanent. It's all. It's the real thing. But it's also to the point where, okay, here we go. We're going to take you higher. See, God is very smart. I think I already said that. Let's remember that. He knows everything. And he knows exactly where you're at today and what is necessary to get you to the next place and to get you to a place of greater fulfillment and effectiveness and usefulness by him so we can be, as the scripture says, thoroughly furnished 
and fit or meet for the master's use. Amen. Thoroughly equipped for every good work. Praise God. Amen. Well, I think that's good. I think I'll go on now. Amen. Just, just be ready for some shifts, some changes. Some of you already know. And sometimes you know on the inside before your mind can catch up and know exactly what it means. And that's okay. You trust Him. Say, Lord, you're leading me. You're guiding me. But be faithful with everything that's put before you. That's key. Be faithful with everything that's put before you. Even if it seems small, even if it seems insignificant, it seems like nobody's looking, no one's watching, and no one's even really being impacted. Hey, you don't know what's going on here. The master of the universe sees it all. He sees the person who who picks up the little piece of trash just because it's trash and doesn't belong there. And we think, you know, I do this and nobody even cares. Listen, he sees every, everything we do, something insig- what's seemingly insignificant like that. It's character being developed in us. And when people just let things slide and they, you know, quote, just put things under the rug and, and they don't really deal uh, faithfully with what's been put in their charge. Well, that's seen too. And the Lord is patient. He gives us time. To develop and grow. But eventually, you know, if we keep doing that, if we keep just kind of hiding things under the rug and not dealing with stuff in our heart that God deals with us about, He moves on you and you ignore. 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 And that keeps happening. Eventually, someone else has got to be moved in that spot. Because the Lord also has an objective with His kingdom. He wants to get something done. Amen. He is building His church and ultimately none of us are going to stand in the way of that it's going to get done and it is being done and we have the great privilege to be involved to be one of those living stones amen and we should take advantage of that and thank God for it So anyway, in Matthew 16, Jesus said, I will build my church. And so that's what we've been discussing. We've been discussing that for, uh, well, this is, if I type this right, this is the fourth part in this series. And you remember last time, if you were here, if not, you can certainly get caught up uh, on our website and get that information. It would be beneficial to you, I believe. We were talking about how you cannot separate the church, because we talked about the universal church and the local church. When you talk about the local church, you really kind of have to talk about the pastoral ministry, because that's the ministry gift that was assigned by the Lord to oversee and to lead the local church. Thank God for the apostle, prophet, evangelist, and teacher. Uh, uh, But the pastoral gift... Um, is definitely connected to and tied to a local church, those in a fixed gathering, okay? Uh, I need to say that again as well. No, we'll, we'll just we'll c- catch up to that in a little bit here. But uh, you have to talk a little bit about the pastoral ministry. I want to move on from that, but before I do, uh, understand this, that not all people who attend a church have received that gift, there's a difference in attending church and receiving a pastoral gift to be an influence in your life, okay? Um, 
Some people just come to church for teaching or for the fellowship of other believers. And those things are certainly valid and those are cert- things are certainly fine, but that's not the same as being pastored. And I want you to, get, want you to give some, some thought to that. Uh, teaching is easy in the sense it's easy to hear teaching. It doesn't take much commitment to hear teaching. And you can receive a lot. If you don't like some of it, you can dismiss it. And, uh, you know, if something's wrong, you should dismiss it. <laughs> but teaching is one thing. But it takes another level of inner commitment to the Lord, ultimately, because we show you how He is the shepherd. It takes a different level of commitment for someone to be pastored because that involves following. Because the shepherd, if you think about the literal shepherd and sheep, the picture there, it, the shepherd doesn't just instruct his flock. He leads the flock. And I got to tell you, not everyone wants to be led. They want to do their own thing. And that, you know, freedom spirit <laughs> that we enjoy in our country, we're free. Well, sometimes that gets manipulated and goes too far, gets in a spiritual realm, and, and so people don't want to follow anybody. They've got their own agenda, their own idea, their own way that they want to live their life, their own way that they want to serve God. Right. They want to serve Him within their own the confines of their own thinking and understanding. They don't really want to follow someone because sometimes all they see is flesh. All they see is another human being with faults and failures, and so it hinders them from receiving a pastoral gift. But as we showed you before, if someone does not receive a pastor, that gift in their life, they will be in want. There will be elements that God wants them to have in their life, they will be lacking in their life. Even though they're still taught, they're not pastored. There is more than one gift in the body, not just the teacher. Most of the time a pastor is a teacher as well. And so there's a lot of teaching being done. But uh, we need to understand again that not all who are being taught, not all who come and sit in a church, ours or others, are necessarily being pastored. I can think back. I could give vivid examples, okay, of people. And I will not by any means make someone look bad, if, especially if there's any way of someone knowing who they were, because that's not what I do. And uh, I don't condemn. I want to lift up and encourage and lead. But ultimately, someone has to choose of their own will to follow, Okay, and it it is the will of God, but again, he leaves those things up to us. It is essential that we allow others to speak into our lives. I didn't say it's just essential that we allow someone else to teach us for someone to speak into our lives. If uh, and this is this is across the board, not just in the pastoral sense, but, uh, you know, if someone has a proven track, proven track record. They should be given the benefit of the doubt when there's a lack of understanding as to why certain decisions are made. Haven't you had people question you at times? And you knew. Why would you question me in that? Just because you don't know the whole story, just because you don't see the whole picture. I mean, do I lie to you? (laughs) 
I'm not talking from myself, where someone questions you and you think, do I lead you astray regularly? Do I, am I just crazy here? Why would you be so quick to think something's wrong there? All right, maybe you don't understand what I'm saying. I can think of a time back, back in my life uh, where I didn't do a particular thing. And I'm being, I'll have to be very vague, uh, but hopefully it can be understood anyway. Someone expected me, thought I should do something, and I didn't do it. And without asking me about it, they were, well, they let me have it. <laughs> And I was shocked by it. And uh, this is nothing happening. This is something happened years ago. And I, sho- I was shocked by it because I thought, you know, you know me. And you know I'm not perfect, not saying that. But you know me better than to just jump to conclusions and think, think the worst. And how many know that's just not scriptural anyway? <laughs> to be quick to believe the worst we're to believe the best of people but this person you know if you don't know someone you understand you don't really understand but when someone knows you and they still you do something they immediately think the worst case scenario that's wrong that's wrong that's disrespectful to a person someone said i just don't know why he or she did this well that's the point you don't know why it's amazing how many people act on not knowing. Because they don't know, they act like action needs to be taken. Listen, the best thing to do when you don't know is nothing. <laughs> Especially talking. <laughs> Especially opening up your mouth. <laughs> hmm? Remember Proverbs said, he who answers a matter before he hears it, to him, it is a folly and a shame. That means the fool talks without hearing the whole story. Yay, isn't this fun? <laughs> How many parents tell their kids everything? Well, there's just some things it's not for them to know, is it? It's just because of their position, their place in life, their, sometimes their maturity, their understanding... She's just not going to tell them everything. Sometimes you're sparing them. <laughs> you know, if, a, if a parents are having a little tight financial times, do you really want your kids to worry about that? And there's already enough problems in children these days where their, you know, children are stressed out. A kid being stressed out? That shouldn't be. I mean, I want to spare my kids from anything that I can. You know, if i got to deal with something, I don't want them to have to deal with it. I want them to have fun. Go kick the ball around. <laughs> know what I'm talking about? But there's some things you just, you just don't, don't tell them, and it's for their own good. Help them stay in the place that they need to be. Let, let's look at Ephesians chapter 4. Ephesians, the fourth chapter. I believe the Lord's talking to us tonight. He's saying some things that's going to help us in the days to come. 
We were talking about how the, the fact that we are the church and one of the definitions of the church is simply a gathering. Remember that? It's people coming together. Literally, it's the called out ones. But we're called out to be in. <laughs> we're called out to be together. And that's what the Lord has for us right now. This is a gathering. This is the church. Okay, not in exclusion to other groups that are gathering. They're also the church. If, of course, you know, we define that already. But our togetherness must not only be physical. It's possible for a group to gather physically and not really be together. Our gathering is much more than a physical gathering. It is also a gathering around singleness of purpose. It is also to be a gathering of the same mind. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 1. I therefore, the prisoner of the Lord, beseech you to walk worthy of the calling with which you were called. Can you see there that a call doesn't automatically produce something in a person's life? Hmm? It's one thing to call. It's another thing to answer the call. It's one thing to, to have to be called to live with God and live for God. It's another thing to walk worthy of that calling. Let's not forget about that part. Say, Pastor, don't we believe in grace and forgiveness and mercy? And, and yet, yeah, but the Bible still says, walk worthy of the call. In other words, the call is a high thing. It's a very important thing. He wants to make sure that our lives line up with the value and importance of that call. He said, verse 2, with all lowliness and gentleness, with long-suffering, bearing with one another in love, endeavoring to keep the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. Notice that phrase, unity of the Spirit. He said in verse 4, there is one body and one Spirit, just as you were called in one hope of your calling, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is above all and through all and in y'all. Did you, know, did, 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 did you notice the frequency, I'm sure you did, of the word one? It's a very big subject and very big um, and important thing in the Lord's mind. That we gather as the church, but that we gather internally as well. Not just about our physical proximity to each other. We need to be aligned in our mind. So that we are thinking the same. We are on the same track. Why? Because the Lord is very smart. Did I mention that? He knows how to get things done. But let me tell you something else. The devil, he's an idiot, but he's not dumb. You know what I'm talking about? I mean, he's the biggest jerk, but he knows a few things. He knows about this principle. That number one, he wants to keep us divided in every way. If he can keep people, and we talked about this already, out of local churches, well, he's won half the battle already. But if he can't keep that from happening, if you're too committed and you're going to say, no, 
this is something the Lord is doing and the Lord is building in the earth today. I'm going to giddy up on down there and get together with the body of Christ. Then he'll go into plan B. And what is that? He wants to keep us apart mentally. He wants to keep our actions and our motives and our thoughts going in different directions. So we gather physically, but we get nothing done. It's the way the enemy works. He is constantly working to divide us. I'm telling you, he will not take a day off, but will continually strategize and work to divide, to separate brothers, sisters in the body of Christ. He strategized, thinking of a way right now to try to get in your head, to try to get in the relationships that God has established in your life, trying to get a wedge in there, you know, like you get get your foot in the door, playing as kids, and someone gets in the door and they try to lock it on you, but you get your foot in there if you got a shoe on. Once to get your foot in there, it's hard to get, you can't get it closed. He's trying to get in there and find something he can take so he can start manipulating your thoughts concerning others. One person says something and he interprets it for you. This is what they meant. One person does one thing. And he'll tell you exactly why they did it and what they would have done if they could have gotten their way. (laughs) Are you listening now? Say, you mean the devil can put thoughts in our mind? And we must watch and understand his strategy. He knows that a house divided will not stand. He listened to the words of Jesus too. He's got a Bible. So if this can be very dangerous. If your enemy knows the Bible and you don't. He knows how things work and you as a child of God don't. Say, but God's on our side. I know, but he works with the word. God's still on my side. He'll be on my side all the way into the grave. Hmm. He'll be on my side all the way into bankruptcy. He'll be on my side all the way to the divorce court. He'll be on my side all the way to the hospital. Or any other problem you can think of. He's still on our side. But that doesn't mean he's just going to automatically step in and make everything great. He doesn't work that way. He tell, There's a reason Jesus gave really good teaching. And gave revelation to the apostles, not so we could ignore it and say, well, God's on my side. So we could just leave that alone and say, whatever God wants to do, he's going to do. Well, that's nonsense. Was he teaching just for the, just for the heck of it? Just, he didn't have anything to do. Let me show you how good I can teach. We need to get the principles, get the understanding of the kingdom of God and the kingdom of darkness and understand what makes things work. 
What makes a church work? What will the enemy do to try to destroy it? He will try to divide. And so he's working. And he's talking. And he, if he, you know what he can, what he really likes to do? Uh, because, you know, the, they're, they're in the spirit realm. And God, too. How does God speak in the earth today? He speaks in your heart and in my heart, and we let it out. Huh? We've got a written record. God spoke through holy men of old. And they spoke and wrote as the Spirit inspired them. But then we fill our mouth with His words. That's how God speaks in the earth today. How does the devil speak? Same way. Hmm. If he can get someone to be his mouthpiece, tear other people up, bring forth lies, confusion, death, speak all kinds of harm and ill will, he's got a voice in the earth. But we know all this, right? And so we would never fall for that trick. I mean, someone who's saved and has a Bible in America where they're freely spread out, certainly we would never fall for that trap, right? Of being a mouthpiece for the enemy. If we were all to admit, probably at some point in our life, we were. And we said some things that were absolutely not the love of God. Absolutely not inspired by Him. It was our flesh. And if you understand Scripture, the flesh and the devil, they're on the same side. <laughs> I mean, they work in conjunction. You read, read about that in James. Uh, but we, if we understand these principles, we should watch for it. When you have thoughts and you're tempted to think one thing, analyze that and say, could this be? Because I know the enemy's working night and day to stop, to try to stop in futile, to try to stop Jesus from being successful in building his church. Is this, could it be that my flesh is leading me and this is going contrary to what Jesus is doing? And it's going to be a hindrance to what the Lord is trying to build here. Analyze. And if that's the case, we recognize when it comes, and at all costs, we keep from being used by the devil to divide. At all costs. I mean, we talk about you being used by God. I mean, what would be the worst case? The opposite. Not only not being used by God, being used by the devil. Say, that couldn't happen with a Christian. I've met a few Christians. <laughs> you even think about Peter. Well, it's right there in our in our text. And I won't realize Peter wasn't born again yet, but Peter still got a revelation. Jesus gave him credit for it. He is the Christ, the Son of the living God. Flesh and blood didn't reveal this to you. My Father in heaven, he got a revelation from God. It wasn't but a few verses later. He got a revelation from the devil. You read it when Jesus started talking about going to the cross and Peter rebuked him. Said no, and <laughs> and uh, and Jesus had to get in Peter's face. What's up, what's up with that? You yielding to God and yielding to the devil within verses of each other? <laughs> well, it just shows you how, how things can work. Okay, and so none of us are exempt. Have you ever seen someone mighty fall? 
Have you ever, have you ever seen someone who God, whom God used tremendously, had great anointing and great revelation and power and, and used of God to, tr- to change many lives and they fall into sin? They fall into uh, disrepute and, and, and no longer are a voice of influence today? It's happened many times. So what, what, what do we do about that? Well, listen, you don't judge. We have mercy on those who fall, and, and we're not going to kill our wounded and, and all that. But it should get us to recognize if someone else could be hindered by the enemy, I could too. You know what I'm saying? Any of us could if we, if we take our eye off the ball. But let's stay focused and realizing these things are of eternal significance. What we're talking about here is of greater significance than who wins the Super Bowl. Greater significance, listen, than who wins elections. And I'm not saying there's no spiritual aspect to that. I believe there is. But I'm saying there's a battle going on. And the Lord Jesus is building His church. And we have a chance to be positioned right in the right place at the right time. But we've got to listen. Where are my actions coming from? The thoughts that I have. What drives me? What's, what's motivating me to do this and not do this? And to say this and not say this? To think this way and not think this way? And analyze everything by the Word, lest we find ourselves being motivated by the flesh and ultimately by the enemy himself. Amen. God's looking for willing vessels. He is. He's looking for those of us who will say, Lord, here I am. Send me. Use me. I'm here. You want me to speak? I'll still, I'll do it. You want me to serve? I'll do it. You want me to do something that's not fun and nobody gives me credit for? I'll do it. You want me to be seen by many? I'll do it. Doesn't matter. Whatever it is. Great or small in the eyes of man, we're ready. We're willing. We're available. And I tell you what, God wants people like that. Amen. And don't get nervous about it. Someone said, if he asks me to do something that I can't do, he doesn't do that. Any time God moves on someone to do something and it seems too big, it seems too much, get real excited. I realize the flesh will get nervous. <clears throat> I can't do that. <clears throat> what is that? Get excited because with the assignment is the equipment. With the call is the anointing. And when God's Spirit moves on you and moves through you, even if it's through a small, what again, seemingly insignificant thing, listen, if it's God doing it, get ready, get ready, get ready. I could testify about my own life and how... Whatever. Speaking in front of people, yikes. I mean, my worst class when I was in high school, you want to know what it was called? Speech. Speech. I was foolish and I took it as a freshman. (laughs) You know, I should have waited to have a little more confidence and maturity, but still, I would have been scared as a senior speaking in front of people. I just, no. That just wasn't my thing. <laughs> Little did I know. <laughs> but even after I did know, <laughs> I was still saying, yikes. Because <laughs> my flesh was like thinking, I can't do this. Some people are natural at this. 
they're just good at it. It seems like from birth, they can just talk. They can just get up and with confidence and they can speak and share. And, and that wasn't me. It wasn't me. Uh, but when you give yourself to something that the Lord wants you to do, and with many it may not ever be speaking and some it will and whatever, but uh, with me I gave myself to it and I found that God would manifest. I, f- I found that things would come out of me that were bigger than me. And I thought, yeah, wow, what is, what's going on here? It's just God. He calls people. And if someone's willing to do it, He'll equip them. He'll enable them. He'll finance them. He'll empower them. Whatever they need, it'll be there. Amen. Amen. But at the same time, the devil's calling too. Looking for someone who will yield to him. Someone who won't grow. Someone who won't be pastored. Someone who won't be faithful with what's before them. And get that wedge in there. Get a little door because he knows down the line I'm going to use him to separate. Because he knows how powerful one is. One body, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all. Amen? Amen. When we operate as one, we come together, not just physically, but we come together in one purpose and in one mind. We are a dangerous force. (laughs) I am telling you. And, wow. This is true. Now, we talked about universal and local. It's true in both. Okay? We need to have this oneness of heart and oneness of mind, not as just life church, but as the church of the Lord Jesus Christ all around the world with people who don't worship the way we do, with people who don't uh, have all the same secondary doctrines that we do, but they do have the same understanding that Jesus paid the price for our sins and He is the only way. He is the truth and the way, the truth and the life, and no one comes to the Father but through Him. Those who've been saved, how many know? Doesn't matter what the name is on their church. Doesn't matter whether they, you know, they they, they may believe or not believe in, say, divine healing or the baptism in the Holy Spirit, or uh, or or that God wants people to prosper or, or something, uh, many different things. They may not believe with us on all those issues, but you know what? It's one Lord, Amen. one faith. One baptism, that baptism, speaking of there, is the baptism into the body of Christ. Not in dispute with there being a baptism in the Holy Spirit. Amen. But we can walk in unity, and we should. We should never, ever look down upon another brother or sister in Christ because they don't see everything like we do. Or they go to a church that, ooh, you go to that church? I heard that's weird. (laughs) Well, they might be weird. I've known some weird Christians. We've even had a few come in here. (laughs) I'm sorry to expose you, Carrie. (laughs) He already did. (laughs) Now, he can handle that, all right. If you can't handle that, I won't say anything about you. (laughs) But there are some different different folks out there. What do we do? Listen, they might be your neighbor in heaven. 
they've received Jesus as Lord and Savior, uh, we're going to be together with them forever. But for one thing, that is necessary. It is the enemy at work to divide. So our church, we feel superior to that other church. Oh, we're, oh this, is what God, this is where God is moving. Listen, I'm telling you, He's moving in more than one place in our city and all around the globe. He's moving in denominations and non-denominations. He absolutely is. Say, does that mean everybody can just believe whatever they want? No. There's definitely some of us right and some of us are wrong about certain things. And I'm not going to be so uh, arrogant as to think we're right about everything. Really? Say, we're not? I mean, think about it. I'm right according to everything I know. If I knew I was wrong about something, I'd change. I hope you have that same attitude. But really, is it just us? <laughs> us and our church, we happen to be the ones to be right about everything? Whatever. None of us are right about everything. None of us in here are right about everything. And understanding that, how many know that puts us in a position to grow? And just because someone's wrong about something, big whoop-de-doo, we don't have to divide because of it. Hmm. We don't have to separate because someone's wrong about something. Amen. Amen. But if someone doesn't, you know, someone said, I, I think, you know, there's all roads lead to Rome. You can worship God or you can worship Buddha or you can worship Mohammed or or whatever. Worship a tree. Doesn't matter. Everyone's except everyone's saved. Well no, I don't agree with that. I can't I can't unify with that. Now, I can be respectful to that person. I can love that person, but I am gonna still say, No, uh thing is you're a sinner and uh and you need a savior. And Jesus died on the cross for your sins. And talk to them about the fact of what Jesus did. And then they can chew. They can receive. And they can not receive. That's what God did for us. Amen. But anyone who, who, who makes Jesus the Lord of their life, they're one with us. One big, fat family. One nice, happy family. <laughs> Walking in unity. Refusing strife. Refusing offense. Refusing to hold things against others. Because we're one. And God could make us roommates with someone. (laughs) Amen. I have much more to say along these lines. I think we'll stop there for tonight. And we'll pick up there next time. Amen. Father, thank you for speaking to us tonight, for leading us, for directing us in the way that we should go. Lord, I believe that you are you're making changes. Lord, you're repositioning people within your body. I thank you for doing that, for being smart enough to lead us in the way that we should go. Lord, we're not going to be moved around by fear, by offense, or by anything else. But, Lord, we are open to you promoting one, moving us into different areas. And we thank you that we are the church unified across the globe. We are one in Christ. 
just as Jesus prayed in John 17. We are one in Christ. And help us to align our thinking. Lord, especially here now in our local church, help us to be of one mind to even a greater extent than we can be across the globe. One purpose, one focus, so where you can use us. You can use us to do something great, something that's eternal, something that lasts forever. Father, thank you for helping us tonight. We give you praise in Jesus' name. Father, I do ask and pray tonight for any person who's not a part of the church. They've they've never been saved.